If I asked you how many subscriptions you have, would you be able to list all of them and how much you're paying? If you would have asked me this question before I started using Rocket Money, I would have said yes, but let me tell you, I would have been so wrong. I can't believe how many I had and all the money I was wasting. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. That's rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. Rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. Breaking news, the dire prediction tonight, coronavirus deaths in America could surpass 200,000 by November, and the one-step experts say could save nearly 50,000 lives. This comes as hospitals are short on beds and crucial medical supplies. Now nearly two dozen states pause their reopening plans. Testing crisis, long lines to get swabbed, and long waits for results. Why Dr. Anthony Fauci says we're not where we need to be. Back to school, the president says he'll pressure governors to get kids back into the classroom. Why the first lady says children's mental and behavioral health is just as important as physical health. Racing to a cure, the U.S. government bets billions tonight on a vaccine and treatment. How soon will they be available? Banning TikTok? Why the Secretary of State says if you download the popular social media app, you're giving your personal information to the communist Chinese government. Fourth of July hate crime? Let him go. Investigators tonight are looking into this disturbing incident where a black man says a group of white men threatened him with a noose. A family divided. The tell-all book by the president's niece. Why she says his re-election would threaten the world. And we end tonight with an epic game of bingo that may not replace graduation, but could come close. This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell, reporting from the nation's capital. Good evening and thank you for joining us. We're going to begin tonight with breaking news and that dire new projection showing coronavirus could kill 200,000 Americans by November 1st. That new prediction from one of the leading models used by the White House comes as new infections of COVID-19 are exploding nationwide. In what feels like a flashback to the early days of the pandemic, intensive care units in more than 50 Florida hospitals are now full. In Texas, new cases and hospitalizations are hitting record highs, with 10,000 new infections reported there today alone. Well, tonight, the military is sending medical personnel to San Antonio to support overworked doctors and nurses. And with those long lines for testing growing even longer, the Trump administration now says it's opening short-term test sites in three hard-hit southern cities, hoping to screen 15,000 people a day. Meantime, a new study out tonight says half of coronavirus infections are due to silent spreading from people who are sick and don't know it. The country's leading infectious disease doctor, Anthony Fauci, said today he's in favor of states mandating masks. And that new model showing 200,000 deaths, it predicts that nearly 50,000 lives would be saved in the U.S. by wearing them. 
For his part, President Trump appeared to acknowledge none of that today, saying he'd pressure governors to reopen schools this fall. The White House also said it's pulling out of the World Health Organization. Well, there's a lot of reporting to get to tonight, and our team of correspondents is standing by. CBS's David Begno is going to lead off our coverage from Miami. Good evening, David. Good evening, Nora, from Jackson Memorial Hospital, where the wait time to get an ICU bed can be at times up to 24 hours. They are busy, but they also need more staff. They have been trying to recruit people, but it's tough. So today, Florida's governor came here to Miami to announce that 100 nurses who work and live elsewhere in the state are being redirected here to Miami to help out. ICUs in more than 40 hospitals across the state of Florida are at capacity including three in the Baptist health system. We don't have is uh, the staffing. Um, the nurses have been working uh, re relentlessly for over two weeks, and that leads to burnout, that leads to you know, stress. As cases surge, one Miami hospital is now going to be turned into a 150-bed dedicated COVID-19 nursing home. Despite the rising cases daily, the state of Florida is requiring that public schools reopen next month. Today, Dr. Anthony Fauci said schools will need to get creative. It's not going to be a one size fits all. Modify scheduling, things like masks at all time, things like alternating morning, afternoon, decreasing the size and the space between desks. Today, for the first time, Texas crossed 10,000 new cases in a single day. It feels like someone's stabbing you in your side when you try to inhale. Patty Patterson is a single mom raising two daughters and her niece. The 29-year-old nurse tested positive for the virus, and she has been in a critical care unit Real. since last week. You know, everyone thinks it's blown out of proportion until you're the person laying in CCU who has no contact with anybody, and you're helpless. There's a new study out that shows asymptomatic carriers are responsible for the transmission of half of the coronavirus cases. You could inadvertently and innocently affect someone who's really vulnerable. Back here in Miami, the mayor has reversed course yet again. He's now allowing gyms to stay open and restaurants that were slated to close tomorrow can continue with outdoor dining. Certainly it's better than nothing. I'm hoping the guests can understand the situation about social distancing distancing and your rules and we'll see how it goes. David Begno, CBS News, Miami. This is Jamie Yukis in Los Angeles, where the wait to get tested can take hours. That's the case at this COVID testing site at Dodger Stadium and across the country, where delayed results are also a problem. Emergency room doctors and nurses say they are running critically low on personal protective equipment. Again, among the state's most overwhelmed, Arizona. Tucson Mayor Regina Romero. We have here about a week, uh, two weeks at the most of supplies of PPE. So that, const that concern is still very real. You see video of people in line for hours in 100 degree heat. We should have this testing and tracing strategy already down packed, and, and we don't. We can't give up. We, we just cannot give up. Former Arizona Health Director Will Humble agrees. The demand for the testing is far outstripping the supply of tests that are available. The turnaround time for our testing in Arizona is really bad. 
Back in California, the state assembly session delayed and the Capitol forced to close after lawmaker Autumn Burke tested positive. I was shocked and like I said, disappointed and honestly heartbroken. Here in California, the state is testing more than 100,000 people a day. At this site in Los Angeles, the online appointments are book solid, and it's taking about 90 minutes to get through this drive-through. Nora? Jamie Yukas tonight, thank you. And tonight, Maryland biotech company Novavax is in the hunt for a COVID-19 vaccine, and it's getting a major dose of funding from the government's Operation Warp Speed program, which is now committing $2 billion to that potential vaccine program and another possible antibody treatment. CBS News Chief Medical Correspondent Dr. John LaPook continues our series, Racing to a Cure. It's the government's biggest bet yet on the race to find a vaccine for the coronavirus. As part of the U.S. government's Operation Warp Speed program, Novavax is getting $1.6 billion to manufacture 100 million doses. But with the vaccine still in trial, there's no guarantee it will work. If uh, one of those vaccines doesn't turn out to be safe and effective, you just have to throw out all of those doses that were made. The risk we're taking is to gain months so that we will be able to have it ready. And if we lose that, we're only losing money. Dr. Anthony Fauci says this is not like a measles vaccine, which usually lasts for many years. We may need a boost to continue the protection, but right now we do not know how long it lasts. Vaccines stimulate the body to make infection-fighting proteins called antibodies. Another approach is to create designer antibodies in the lab. They're just trying to make very functional antibody that neutralizes the virus. Today, the government announced a $450 million contract with Regeneron to manufacture a double antibody cocktail. The company plans to see if the treatment helps patients infected with COVID-19 or if it prevents infection in people exposed to the virus. Dr. John LaPook, CBS News, South Shaftesbury, Vermont. Today, President Trump said he wants schools open in the fall and that local officials who keep them closed are only doing it for political reasons. This is the nation's top infectious disease expert, pushes back on the president's claim of progress in the fight against the pandemic. CBS's Ben Tracy is at the White House tonight. Good evening, Ben. Good evening, Nora. Today, First Lady Melania Trump weighed in on the school debate, saying that for kids with disabilities or unsafe homes, that staying home can be dangerous, too. And President Trump continues to downplay the threat of the virus. President Trump says when it comes to coronavirus, things are actually getting better. Deaths are way down from this horrible uh, China virus. He claims that despite the rising number of cases, we have the lowest mortality rate in the world. But we actually have the seventh highest death rate of the 20 most affected countries, according to Johns Hopkins University. Dr. Anthony Fauci says while the death rate has dropped, President Trump's argument, which he has made repeatedly in recent weeks, is not a good one. It's a false narrative to take comfort in, in a lower rate of death. There's so many other things that are very dangerous and bad about this virus. Don't get yourself into false complacency. At the White House today, President Trump left no doubt he will demand schools reopen nationwide this fall. We're very much going to put pressure on uh, governors and everybody else to open the schools. We're not closing, we'll never close. That's causing concern among some national education leaders. I dare him to sit at the back of that classroom and breathe the air of those little kids and sit there for seven hours a day 
five days a week and then take whatever they sneezed all over him back home. We have to do this right or people are going to die. President Trump is also under fire from his estranged niece, Mary Trump. In her scathing new book, published by Simon & Schuster, a division of Viacom CBS, she describes a man with sociopathic tendencies and claims he cheated on his college entrance exam. The president's sister, a former federal judge named Mary Ann Trump, she says that the president only goes to church when the cameras are around and that he has no principles. Now, the Trump family did try to block publication of this book. The White House is pushing back tonight, calling it a book of falsehoods. Nora. Ben Tracy at the White House, thank you. Well, tonight, the FBI is investigating a caught-on-camera confrontation as a possible hate crime. Fox Booker, who is black, says he was assaulted and threatened with a noose as he walked with friends last weekend. A word of warning, parts of the video are offensive. CBS's Adrika Duncan reports. Let him go, dude. Let him go. 36-year-old Vox go. Booker Please. says he feared for his life after a group Please of white men pinned him against a tree and assaulted him. It happened in Bloomington, Indiana, while he and his friends were planning to spend 4th of July at Lake Monroe. And they say that uh, they're going to break my arms as one of them literally has my arm twisted behind me. Booker says one of the men threatened to kill him. One of them say to the other one, get a, get a noose, not get a rope, but literally get a noose. Bystanders videotaped the incident. Once Booker was let go, his attackers hurled more racial insults at him. What do you really want to call me? You nappy-headed bitch. There was a moment where you're saying, you know you want to say it, so say it. You know, I get, you could feel the hate coming off these folks. People needed to witness that. People needed to see that we aren't this post-racial America where everyone lives in peace, that racism is still there. Booker's friend, Ian Watkins, tried to help. And they seemed entertained by the idea of killing him. Booker walked away with minor injuries, but he says it's the scars you can't see that hurt the most. How is your mental health right now? But I'm going to, to take this energy and take this moment uh, to make sure that, that there's change that comes from this. And there was another protest tonight in Bloomington, Indiana, in support of Vox Booker. This after yesterday's protest turned violent when someone sped through a crowd and injured two people. Tonight, the mayor tells me they are still looking for that driver. Nora? All right, Jerika Duncan, thank you. And on the eve of Major League Soccer's season opener, the first match was postponed today after five players from the Nashville Soccer Club tested positive for COVID-19. The team from Dallas withdrew from the tournament on Monday after 10 players tested positive. And as CBS's Dana Jacobson reports, other professional leagues are also ramping up and watching nervously. The NBA season is one step closer to resuming, with teams like the Orlando Magic arriving at Walt Disney World today, where practices and games will be held. Last night, here's 25 players have reportedly tested positive for coronavirus and were held back. NBA Commissioner Adam Silver. We're going to be doing daily testing. And incidentally, when our players are not playing, which is the vast majority of the time they're there, they will be observing physical distancing and wearing masks. As for Major League Baseball, teams are proceeding cautiously. Here's number 35. Cleveland Indians outfielder Fran Mil Reyes was taken out of training camp after attending a 4th of July party while not wearing a mask. We called him and told him that he needs to test again before we can let him back to practice. 
Last year's World Series teams, the Houston Astros and Washington Nationals, both resumed their practices today after canceling them due to delays in COVID testing. I'm the caretaker for these guys. These are my guys. I couldn't live with myself if we went on haphazardly. Nationals pitcher Sean Doolittle said if fans want to see baseball return, they need to do their part, like wearing masks. We've waited long enough. Like, shouldn't sports come back now? No, there's things we have to do in order to bring the stuff back. To bring the NFL back, the league and its players are at odds. The NFL cut its preseason games from four to two last week, but the Players Association has unanimously voted that it wants to cancel all preseason games in 2020. Dana Jacobson, CBS News, Boston. Tonight we've got some weather for you as dangerous heat is threatening more than 200 million Americans. Folks in the upper Midwest and Great Lakes region will be sweltering tomorrow and Thursday. In Detroit, it's expected to feel like 100 degrees. The southwest is expected to sizzle this weekend. Phoenix is bracing for a record high 116 degrees on Sunday. The U.S. government is looking at banning TikTok, the popular social media app. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo claims users of TikTok and other China-based apps are unwittingly handing over personal data to the Chinese Communist Party. In response, TikTok says it hasn't given user data to the Chinese government and wouldn't if asked. Learning hail from a severe storm smashed the nose of a Delta Airbus Monday night. It happened as the flight from West Palm Beach was approaching New York's LaGuardia Airport. The pilot landed safely at Kennedy Airport. Today, many people of color are vowing not to buy anything or, if they have to spend money, do it only at black-owned businesses. It's called Blackout Day 2020, and it's part of a drive to pressure government and business to address institutional racism and injustice. Every year, black Americans spend an estimated $1.3 trillion on consumer goods. Anyone who's attended a historically black college or university will tell you the graduation ceremonies are epic. The coronavirus stole that moment this year, but some alums did get to celebrate in an unexpected way. Here's CBS's Mark Strassman. Go! No one has ever played bingo like this. Who's the first bingo? Hundreds of players, all recent grads of historically black colleges and universities, waited to hear school names. Savannah State. And nicknames. Bingo! Bingo! Host TJ Mercer created the game. Our tagline is, this ain't your grandmama's bingo. HBCU bingo is bingo 2.0. Bingo 2.0, I like that. Some prizes are fun, laptops and cash. Other winners got expert help with skills like resume writing to help start careers. Ashante Rowe played. She told us about her virtual graduation in May from Albany State. It was horrible. I cried really hard. How'd the game go? Oh, the game was epic. <laughs> Ashante, a music major, won a singing lesson from musical artist C.J. Emmons from Dancing with the Stars. For just one moment, I felt like I had the whole world of, around me and I had a whole big family with me. It must have felt awesome. Yes, it was amazing. Yeah. Yeah! A moment Mercer made happen. I knew I couldn't replace their graduation, but what I can give them is a wonderful memory of June of 2020. In a dark year, the light came from, of all places, bingo. bingo. <laughs> Mark Strassman, CBS News, Atlanta. Think of so many people who haven't been able to, to celebrate their graduation. On tomorrow's CBS Evening News...
healing through music, courtesy of a 12-year-old trumpet player who serenades patients and staff at a Georgia hospital every night. That looks like a good one. And if you can't watch us live, don't forget to set your DVR so you can watch us later. That is tonight's CBS Evening News. I'm Nora O'Donnell in the nation's capital. We'll see you right back here tomorrow. Good night. In the 1980s, Frank Farian was riding high as a successful German music producer, but he was bored. German pop was formulaic, dull, and oh so white. Frank had bigger dreams, American dreams. He wanted to create the kind of music that would rival larger-than-life artists like Michael Jackson or Run DMC. So he assembled a hip-hop duo, two once-in-a-lifetime talents who were charismatic, full of sex appeal, and phenomenal dancers. The only problem? One very important element was missing, but Frank knew just how to fix that. Wondery's new podcast, Blame It on the Fame, dives into one of pop music's biggest controversies. Millie Vanilli set the world on fire, but when their adoring fans learned about the infamous lip syncing, their downfall was swift and brutal. With exclusive interviews from frontman Fab Morvan and his producers Frank Varian and Ingrid Segui, this podcast takes a fresh look at the exploitation of two young Black artists. Follow Blame It on the Fame wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to Blame It on the Fame early and ad-free by joining Wondery Plus.